Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Paulette Pinero. Paulette is an award-winning social entrepreneur, Latina business coach, a writer, and speaker dedicated to closing the opportunity gap for Latinas and women of color. Through her company, Unstoppable Latina LLC, Paulette guides Latina entrepreneurs to harness their strengths, amplify their voice, and live their purpose so they become unstoppable CEOs of their small business. Using an equity and justice-focused approach, her business and marketing consulting services strive to create a world where entrepreneurship is diverse, purpose-driven, and joyful. So I am super excited to have her here on the podcast and learn more about her journey. Welcome, Paulette. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. I am a fan of the podcast already um, since it started, so I'm so lucky to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, fangirl, fangirl, I'm fangirling over here. Super excited. And Paulette was kind enough to share her astrological placements as we like to do here on the Work Me How podcast, just to get to know our jefas a little bit more deeply. And honestly, I'm kind of excited for these placements because I feel like they really tune in on, I feel like your even just your bio, just your how you kind of crafted uh, your business in general. So, for surprise, I've never <laughs> seen this. Like, so I was ready. And I was like, look at this. It knows me. Uh, that's me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. So yeah, so I asked her to share what we call our top three: our sun sign, our moon sign, and our rising. And our sun sign, as many of us know, is our birthday day. So Paulette is a Pisces sun. Happy Pisces season as we're recording. Is your birthday passed? Is it coming up? It's on Tuesday. So almost here. Okay. Awesome. I was like, I hope it's not today. I hope you're not working on your birthday. (laughs) No, on my birthday, I go and eat for free and do all the free things that I get on my birthday. It's my national holiday. There you, that's how we treat it. Month, take it, season. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So she is a Pisces sun. So I love a little water sign placement. They have a love for the humanity. Um, and I love how specifically, uh, when I was reading a little bit more about it, you know, they were saying where it was like uh, careers um, in the arts, music, you know, Pisces are definitely very an artistic placement but also marketing is a lot where our Pisces find their expression and also they're very I feel like uh, like our water signs a very intuitive sign um and also your moon sign which rules your body and your emotions is also Pisces we got a lot of water yes (laughs) I was like oh my god this is so me very emotional creative but emotional and like in tune with my emotions and the world's emotions. Yes. So I was like, Mm-hmm. See? Yep. Yep. That's his eye. Yes. Our Pisces, they're very dreamy. They are. Especially, I feel like Pisces moon. A lot of artists have uh, a Pisces moon. A lot of musicians. So, I feel like they're really uh, big empaths. So, maybe a little bit chillona, as you said. Pero let's just call it being in touch with your feelings and your emotions. Yes. <laughs> Yes, let's call it that. <laughs> let's call it that. But it's good. Yeah. Try it out. Let it yes. out. <laughs> and my 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 husband has like we've been talking and he's like, I didn't know people can feel all those emotions at the same time. And I'm like, it is not easy. <laughs> I I you know, what what can I do? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's a lot of like emotions at the same I I um um I also have ADHD, and it's like the Pisces with the emotions. Oh, as the the fifty tabs open, uh, yeah. it's it's great for creativity, but a lot of naps are needed. Yes. Oh, I love that. Great tip. Naps. <laughs> 
I love that. And then finally, your rising sign, which is kind of our motivation for life, is a Libra rising and air sign. And I felt like this one, especially when kind of reading through your bio, I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a Libra rising bio because our Libra risings are the scales, the balance. They're here quick to point out injustices. Uh, You prefer when people are treated fairly and as equals. And I love how specifically you crafted your business, you know, using an equity and justice focused approach. I was like, oh my God, that is a Libra rising right there. (laughs) Those words specifically. (laughs) People ask me, a lot about like but why do you put that in your bio or why do you add that on your content or why do you and i'm like that's the way that i show up but also that you know if that's what you're all about then those are the people that i, I want around me it's not that we have it all figured out around diversity equity justice but that this is the path that we want to be in and to me the the wording that we use to promote what we do to promote our superpoderes is as important as what we do. So I explicitly say it and I can see like I've been, I've done pitches or I've done public speaking. And I say that I, some people like, like me, and others are like, Ugh. and I'm like, this is exactly what I do. I want to hear the, Ugh. <laughs> and the, I want to see the eyes rolling. Um, so I know who, you know, who I'm going to vibe with, who I want to work with and who I am not the person best position to support. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I just, this is why I love learning about who someone is to the core. I feel like it just really shows up in like what you choose in life, what your purpose, you know, is in life. So I love learning about you astrologically, but now for our audience to learn more about you, can you tell us more who you are and maybe let's start off with what you were doing before Unstoppable Latina? Before Unstoppable Latina, I was a burnt out serial director in nonprofits. <laughs> um, when I present my, it's even on my business cards, like, hi, I'm Paulette Pinero, a recovering perfectionist, and then the rest. Because um, that really, you know, that language, but also that really defines me. Like, I really try to have it all and do it all and put together at the the same time. So I spend the first 15 years of my career um, doing social impact, whether that was, you know, as a social worker, but then as a leader and doing strategic planning and business development and social impact. Um, And I loved it. I really, really loved it. Um, But one of, and I, I still do it as a consultant, but, you know, as I was growing in my career, there's two big things that I realized. One is that when you focus, when I was focusing on growing on the, on the corporate ladder, it was lonely. Mm. And it felt against what I believed was the way to grow, which was in community. So that was, you know, I learned that and it, it felt even more lonely <laughs> because I was like, who wants to, you know, who wants to share their salary? Who wants to do this? Mm-hmm. And the other, the other thing that was part of my career was leadership development. I have these national teams, and I was managing folks remotely before being remote was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, travel and doing these strategies and 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 doing programming. And I was I started to realize that. As much as I loved the work that I was doing, I was also burned out because no one in the leadership spaces understood what I was going through. Mm. And, you know, I, so I was, and I was overcompensating and it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just like imposter syndrome. It was, I believed that I knew what I was doing. I knew that I knew what I was doing. And I was burned out trying to be perfect um, for everyone else. So it's that perfectionism was part of my career. So now <laughs> that's why I was like, I'm, Pinero, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like 
this is for the rest of my life. Um, but I, I, I spent a, a 15 years of my career doing um, social impact and nonprofit strategy and business development. And um, that's what, you know, going through that experience and not having folks who understood that in my family or they were like, Macosita is that a um was what turned into unstoppable latina after so i always happy but it's one of those things when you look back and you're like Como yo hice todo eso? like why did i burn myself out so mm. much mm-hmm. and i like how the keyword was i was a perfectionist for everyone else you know mm. pouring into everyone else oh yeah as a mommy, as a spouse, as like a daughter and a granddaughter, as an employee, like all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sometimes I sit and I had to update my resume for a consulting gig the other day. And I just sat in front of my resume and I was like, these bullet points are great. But if I were to write the story, <laughs> the story of um, not just what I did, but what I gave up for myself, like that is the resume that I want to show people because mm. that's the resume that shows growth, continues growth and development. These numbers, they're cute. I'm proud of that work, but the, the, the personal growth and how that impacted the work that I do. Like I, it's like, I wish that was a resume. Like I, Mm-hmm. I wish that's what we could write in, in cover letters because that's now as an entrepreneur and someone who hires people, like that's that to me is what has value around mm-hmm. talent. So very weird space. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And so at what point did you decide to make the transition, you know, into your own business? At what point? Because I know you wrote like my super poder is to guide Latina CEOs to harness their strengths, amplify their message and monetize their superpoder so they can become unstoppable. At what point were you like, this is my, how did you find out like, this is my superpoder and this is, I'm going to do the jump and I'm going to do this. It really started with a situation at work. So I was managing, uh, I was managing my team and there was a staff retreat and the last day, it was all about the staff, right? The, the my direct reports and the other managers' direct reports. And you know, <laughs> we left and we went to the office, and it was great. And after, as I was leaving the, I was leaving my office that day. One of my direct reports called me. She's Latina, for Latina, and she said, "Hey, Paula, I want to talk to you because." A conversation happened that made me feel very uncomfortable and you need to know. One of our team members was saying that you were a diversity hire and that you didn't deserve that job and uh, that she doesn't care that you're a good manager. You just didn't work hard enough. And, you know, I I love leadership. I love people management. I love creating thriving environments for folks to grow. And it was, it was hurtful because this staff member not only was married to an undocumented man and was going through that process. So like really aware of the systemic Mm -hmm. issues that especially Latinx folks go through. And, but I had personally taken so much time to mentor her. So it was very hurtful. And I just sat there and I, you know, went to HR and said, like, how do you want me to address this? They were like, we're going to fire this person. I'm like, no, let me sit down. They were like, you're going to sit down. I'm like, give me a day. And I sat down and I, you know, I looked at, I, I remember on my like big cubicle, I had my whole library of leadership and business books. And I looked at all of them and not, I, I, there was no framework that I could use. 
to have a conversation with my direct report that addressed the emotion that I was feeling and the inequity that was happening in that conversation. So I pulled like having difficult conversations and pull some like Harvard Business Review journal, (laughs) a couple of things. And then I sat there and I was like, how do I have this conversation when I'm deeply hurt without losing my, (laughs) right? There was no Minda Hearts at that time in 2018. There was no (laughs) Tiffany Dufu. There was no Michelle Poehler, like none of them. Um, How do I figure this out? and I just sat and started writing. I started writing kind of like my framework for leadership. And I had the conversation and then it was like, that went really well. And I, and I was very open, like what you said hurt me. Mm-hmm. And this is why. But at the end of the day, that is not a reflection of the work and the values of the organization. So. Let's create a plan to move forward and really building a plan with someone that truly hurt me and the fear that they were serving our communities mm-hmm. of color, right? Like of all the ramifications. But it was really the first time that it was like, someone has to create it. And for now, I'm going to create it for myself. And that turned into then sharing this with coworkers and then having conversations with friends into i'm struggling with this you know i it's all male i'm the only female or i'm the only person in a leadership position and sharing those and then mentoring and mentoring and mentoring a lot of latinas a lot of friends and then the friend of the friend of the Mm -hmm. friend uh, building programs through uh, dei councils and doing board development and then doing some trainings and I, I just sat down that year in 2018 and wrote the business plan. I wrote the business plan for Unstoppable Latina. And then I said, well, I'm going to do this when I retire. Ah, no. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I, I can't do this now. I'm going to do this when I retire. And then in, like, by the end of 2021, no, 2019, I just kept opening the business plan and I was like, what if, what if, and I sat down with my husband in January of 2020 and I said, this, I can't even sleep. What if I did this? And he looked at me and said, like about time. I didn't want to say anything, but it's about time. And, um, I quit my job February 14th. (laughs) Um, I got two kids, one with disabilities, so I was like, I can't do both. And I have enough connections to work this out, and we have some savings. And a month later, everything closed, and um, I I got sick with COVID. I went to the (sighs) hospital. I, like, all these things happened. Um, and I, and then when I was at the hospital dying, but I looked back into everything that I had done in my life, I realized that I have given everything to everyone. I have sacrificed ever even the jobs that I had were about the insurance for Alex and this benefit and leaving at this time. And I was like, what did you ever do for yourself? Mm-hmm. And I was like. The only thing I ever wanted to do for myself was that business. And I promised myself, if I leave this hospital, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I, and I left the hospital and I, I started doing my business and have never stopped ever since. And it started with focus with, in, with women in the intersection of career and business and I realized that I love, you know, Latinas growing in, in their career and business. But my super poder was with entrepreneurs themselves because they're, you know, it's easier to see ourselves grow because the resume is growing. So we're like, 
soy jefa ahora, me sino, but the moment that we become entrepreneurs, como que empezamos de cero, we're like, I know nothing. <laughs> and I wanted to, to provide not just that leadership and strategy, but like building that brand uh, for full-time entrepreneurs and um, and kind of like share my story of how breaking up with perfectionism really allowed me to live the life that I wanted and deserved and all the things that you know I was able to do to bridge that gap to like <laughs> remove those obstacles for other jefas because entrepreneurship is very lonely And sometimes all we need is to know that someone else did it. So we see that it's a possibility for us. But it really started with that business plan and with that situation at work where I was like, I'm going to start doing something <laughs> because mm -hmm. I cannot be the only one sitting down at, the, at a Boston office <laughs> at five o'clock missing my train because I don't know how to manage a conversation when my when I'm being threatened simply because I was born in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and it, it just started from there and, and now to like look back at all the impact and all the mujeres and amazing women of color that I've been able to work I I've, I've Like a year and a half ago, I realized that I, I no longer feel sad or pity about that situation. I am thankful that it happened because it really put a mirror into also my own privilege and, and having the capacity to, to follow my dreams. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And obviously it's needed, but like not only people who will want to figure out how to manage those conversations. Some people probably don't even care how to go about it, do it the right way. And we end up in these toxic environments, you know, in general. And so also sharing the stories, you know, sharing and speaking, I feel like it allows us, like you said, to be able to see it, you can believe it for yourself too. So when starting, you're like, all right, We're going to start this. And so you're now a business coach, a writer, a speaker. When starting your service-based business, like, how did you start? Like, did you know these were all the services, streams of income you're going to open up and started with all of that? Or did you start with one thing and kind of grew from there? I, because I had been doing business development in the past for, in social impact, like, I, I was aware of like the most successful business models and how to make them work. And um, so I knew that I, and I had already done consulting and public speaking on the side. Mm. So I knew that I wanted to do, continue doing consultations and formalize my public speaking. Mm -hmm. But those were kind of like add-ons. And I, I, a lot of folks talk about like multiple streams of income but they talk about them as separate, mm. right? You, when you think about multiple streams of income for your business, I always encourage folks to think about like, how is that funneling into business? Like how is that turning leads into prospects, into opportunities? So I wanted to do public speaking as a stream of income because working with Latinas, what I learned is that they need to build a relationship with someone before being able to pay. Mm -hmm. So who else can, who else can pay me for me to do this, to be able to bring this leads into my consulting or coaching. So my core, my core offer when I started was the, the coaching, the one-on-one coaching, but I had the public speaking as a stream of income. And I had, The train, like doing trainings and workshops um, through some some organizational partners, because they were five ten percent of my revenue, but it was very clear, and I knew that that was the way for me to get folks for coaching because mm. I did not have a ten thousand dollar budget for 
<laughs> for ads, right? Or for mm-hmm. a whole campaign. Um, and I, that's part of the things that I teach my clients when we're, when we're doing their business realignment is like, yeah, like a blog with ads, it's great. A podcast is awesome. But ha- if you don't know where it fits in the funnel, and in your funnel and or your sales process is going to feel like work. And I mm-hmm. knew that because of my experience doing business development in the past. But if not, if I didn't have that, I would have probably started with either too much or not enough. Mm-hmm. And for like your public speaking journey, you know, now, like I've just seen, you've definitely kind of been published and just been a part of some amazing opportunities. But like when starting off, you know, for, I mean, I love listening to Latina speakers and obviously those are the most impactful for me and like other Latinas to be able to see that. And so for you, you know, how does one create this opportunity for themselves? Like what, what did that look like when you started off with speaking engagements, as opposed to maybe like what those opportunities look like now you're like, okay, I'm going to, how do you like, I want to speak. What do I speak about? Like, how do you go yeah. about that? Well, the first time is you need to find your superpoderes. And what I mean by that is like the one or two things that you do better than everyone else. Kay Hendricks talks about your zone of genius. I, pu- I want to push you into finding your superpoderes. And I have a superpoder recipe that I share when I do workshops and, and um. It's not just about what you do best than everyone else. And if, if that brings your experience, your cultura, your beliefs, your values, but also who you want to work with and who you create value for. Mm. So I, I, I like to do this with, you know, something that a lot of folks can relate to. Like, you can say, well, I am a great teacher and my superpower is teaching. Okay, but what grades? Mm-hmm. What students? In an urban setting, in a suburban setting? Um, if if you were if money was no object, would you continue teaching? Or what would you teach about? Like the the more specific it is, the better it is for you to market yourself and not just find opportunities, but start attracting the right opportunities for you. So I have those that are like, I'm a marketing consultant. Well, what do you do PR? Do you do design? Do you do campaigns? Do you, are you writing? Are you story brand? What frameworks do you use, right? I, to find your super photos, I always uh, encourage folks to ask themselves these three questions. One, what would you do for free every single day if money was no object? The second, if I were to pay you a million dollars to speak for a whole hour, but you only had five minutes to prepare, what would you speak about? And then third, if you were to decide who is in that room to hear you speak, tell me who those people are Mm -hmm. and where they are in their journey. And from those answers, you're able to get like, start seeing trends. And a lot of folks find out that they would speak about something that they're not passionate about. Because mm. that's what they do for work. But the moment that they can decide who's in the room, then they get closer to the folks that they want to work with. And then you, mm. you put that together with, what would I do for free? You start identifying some like trends of what feels well and what doesn't feel well. And then you're, that way you start getting closer like, what are your strengths? What do you love to do? What is something that you're willing to die for? And being able to come up with one or two statements where you can say, this is what I want. Because if you don't know that, it doesn't matter how many beautiful media kits you create. All right, like when you know that, it's easier for you to start saying, like, these are the events that I want to go to. These are the podcasts that I want to want to be a part of so once you have the one or two super polar statements and they feel good to you then being able to put together your media kit you know mm-hmm. have your bio ready have an idea of some of the places that you know you want to speak and then start creating your thought leadership brand 
identify like now that you know who you want to be in that room where do they hang out they hang out on instagram after work <laughs> they're scrolling at 3 a.m on tiktok are they hanging out on are they have linkedin open checking for jobs while they're at work and then start sharing your superpoder and start sharing the things that you're passionate about in those platforms or for some people they join a networking group or they go to the chamber of commerce right and start sharing your superpoder with the right people and with everyone right and mm -hmm. that helps you attract and then you have your bio ready you have a nice headshot that your friend took of you outside and you can start building your not just your thought leadership but you can start becoming a speaker because you know what you're passionate about you know who are the people that you want to share your message with and you're building a brand where now people are starting to think about you when they think about that superpower or when they think about that group of people and as you grow then you get to amplify other amazing jefas doing similar or different work around you and then then you grow together mm -hmm. oh my gosh i love that i hope everybody when they're listening to this episode you are taking notes you are writing yeah, on these I questions journaling them like all these great pieces of information to put that together i love it i love it so much and i can only imagine like how much work it just kind of takes to craft, I feel like, just like around your framework, just any sort of coaching just in general, because it's not like, I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to, you know, teach people like, do this, do that, you know, to really just make it so impactful. And, you know, when starting your business, when growing it, you know, besides being like, I'm going to quit my job in February and then, you know, this whole world collapses in March, you know, throughout your journey, like what have been, what has been a challenge that you faced um, where you started your business and you know, how did you overcome it? I'm sure there's been a bunch. Yeah. Well, it was mostly me. <laughs> it was my worst, own worst enemy. That's usually <laughs> but, how it goes. Know, yeah, that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah, I can talk about like systemic challenges of like, you know, going into spaces and like not be treated respectfully, like, seeking funding and being ignored a lot of people like why don't you you know folks that are not from our communities like that's cute but it sounds like a non-profit i'm like no i'm here to make mucho dinero permiso or <laughs> oh, but latinos don't purchase latinos don't spend money and maybe you know being like um have you seen the latino gdp report <laughs> you know we can we can as we're a country, the Latinx folks in the US, we can compete with the GDP of France. So like, no. Um, but I think the biggest, right, the biggest challenge or the biggest obstacle was, you know, getting away from those perfectionism, the perfectionism and the perfectionist tendencies of, you know, my, what is the standard in, in creating a standard for myself that was not just impossible but not required mm. to be able to learn what it is to alpha beta test before launching to be able to say like launch ugly or this is enough and i can build from here because i don't have enough information to see if this will be a success or not mm -hmm. and then you know getting you know doing a lot of the mindset work around around the leadership piece so even though i do you know marketing consulting and business strategy can't do any of that if you're not if you're not able to embrace that you are the ceo of your business even if you run it from your closet with your dog with the dog of course <laughs> Like Boris is my CFO somewhere here. <laughs> um, but you know, even if you'd run it, you know, on Tuesdays from eight thirty to nine thirty PM while your kids are sleeping, is that for you to be able to run your business and make it profitable and make it work for you, you have to embrace that you are the CEO. 
And that is the first piece that no matter whether I work with someone once through a VAPJ or a year through coaching, if, if we don't work on that, that CEO mindset, and, I, and for those who are taking notes, there's three major things that a CEO does. They create an inspiring vision. Then they build the strat. They create a plan to achieve that vision, the strategy. I know strategy is a big word that is overused, but strategy means a vision with a plan. And then the third piece is that they inspire others to achieve that vision. If you can, if you can create an, a vision, build a plan to achieve it and inspire others, whether that's, you know, your brand, whether that's collaborators, whether that's employees or clients, when you're able to, to harness those three things and match it with knowing how to verbalize your superpowers and create a, a team of success that is just for you as the CEO, right? A mentor, a champion, or a sponsor, right? You build your, your therapist. Then that the way that you approach business, it's very different because you are not just creating value for your bolsillo, for your pocket. Then you start creating value for the people you want to work with, for your future clients. You stop seeing competition and start seeing opportunities to collaborate. Mm. And a lot of people talk about, like, I want to prioritize competition over collaborate, uh, collaboration over competition. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they say the other one, too. Like, it's like, you can do that when you trust yourself, when you know what you can, the value that you can offer. And that way, you can complement other people. You can share resources. And you're able to amplify and elevate others. Because you know what you bring and you trust yourself as the CEO of your business that we both got different sazon mm. and we can, we're both going to thrive and that not every client is for you, but it can be for someone else. So doing that, like leveling up as a CEO and it, and it, even though I had done leadership development, even though I was in leadership positions, and knowing that this is the key, that is still work that I have to do within myself all the time. That is, is work that I have to talk to my mentors and talk to my coach and talk to my champions all the time because systemic wise and culturally, it just goes against, you know, the calladita se ve más bonita que me decía mm -hmm. And, you know, stay quiet and like, don't be loud. Um, but, it, it, you know, it takes some work. And, and I, I highly, even if you, if someone's listening, they're like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a career person. Thinking like a CEO and harnessing your superpoderes are really going to allow you to grow. But also you're going to realize how you should never give it 100% anywhere because no one deserves all that magia. Not even, not even in your business, but also at work. And it mm -hmm. really like helps you kind of like shift that mindset of like, doesn't matter what I do in career or business, like I can be a CEO because I know what I need to do to be able to to show up as a leader and share what I want to share with others. Like, now I know how to share them. And now I know how to attract the opportunities that are right for me. Mm -hmm. Attract, not burn yourself out. I just like how you said also, like, how to approach your business. And I think, what was it? In one of your emails, I think on the bottom, you have something like, read me, something about it not being an emergency. What is it? I don't know. I, nothing. I, I worked. I was I was a social worker, and my first my first job at eighteen was um, was running. Well, I was developing and then running a suicide prevention clinic at a college, mm -hmm. and then I worked in in human services, and then you know I was in these emergency spaces where people's lives were at risk. Mm -hmm. I worked in elder care and like going to court and people not having food or medications and, and dying. 
And when I transitioned out of those like high trauma emergency spaces, it took me a long time to realize that if no one's dying, nothing is an emergency. Mm. So I have on my email signature um, that because nothing that I do is an emergency, that I will be responding in two to three business days as needed. <laughs> and um, I put some information about the bias of professionalism, mm-hmm. like without equity and justice focus, uh, like urgency is part of white supremacy culture. And I'm not for that. So just because you're, you know, it's urgent for you does not mean that it has to be urgent for me. And if we didn't talk about urgency before, it's not going to change. And I, I have a lot of people that do not want to work with me because of that. And I just I love it. <laughs> yeah. But it, but that's when I talk about like the importance of your superpoderes is like for me to share my superpoderes with you, with my clients, con quien sea, right? I need to be well rested. Mm-hmm. I need, like, I'm not empty. I, I, I worked on empty for like 33 years. So that's not happening anymore. I can, mm-hmm. I can be the best coach. I can do all the marketing consulting that you want. If I'm well rested, I have food. My kids are all right. And I'm not thinking of who's going to pick them up and crying at the floor after. So that, that's how, for me to show up my superpoderes and show up for my clients and my communities, I need to, I can't, there's no sense of urgency and I need to be well rested. So mm-hmm. that's a boundary that I have. And a lot of people are just like, yo quiero like rápido, like, contestame in 12 hours. <laughs> Why are you not responding on the weekends? So I don't know. I'm like, yep. And I'm like, <laughs> No, I need to put the statement in my email signature. Weed them out. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? Like, the, the thing about sharing your superpoderes and how you show up as a leader, it's about giving that messaging, right? Like, that is to detract the, the wrong people for me, but that attracts very clearly the people that are all about my vibe and what I'm able to mm-hmm. do. So the more that you do, the more confident you you get around your superpoderes, your speaking, your thought leadership, what you bring, whether that's like personal or career-wise, the easier it gets to attract the right people and to detract people que no están para Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's like a great test. I think I passed. But I think it also <laughs> shows like where... <laughs> Ooh. Uh, it shows like where people are maybe like in their journey because a lot of people are like maybe they are like I need go 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 burn myself out do everything be reward but if you're not showing up as your best self you know people are like ponte las pilas and we I actually worked me out we have a sticker called recarga las pilas actually yes. let's rest <laughs> let's recharge you know like how can you show up for others when you're not showing up for yourself, you know? And I remember my therapist, you know, I was in that like burning myself. I need to do these 5,000 things. He's like, but what do you really need to do? Do you really need to do Does that all need to happen today? I was like, you know what? No. You know, so when I get there, it's just kind of like, okay, what actually needs to happen today? Can this wait? Can this, it's not an emergency, you know, don't live your life with everything being an emergency. Yeah. I have my to-do list is like, there's only three, there's three columns. One is what I have to do. And it can only be three things on there. There's no more space. I can add once I take one out. The other Mm -hmm. is what I want to do. And then the third one is what others want me to do. Mm. And usually 80% of what others want me to do. And it's not client work. It's just like, can you send this? Can a lot of it doesn't ever get into the to-do list. And on Friday, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, this is, I, I don't need to be doing that. Or this is something that I have to delegate. Or why did I add it to my to-do list? Or maybe it's just sending them to the right person or to someone else. Mm-hmm. And being, it, it really has helped me kind of like 
not just do less, but be more impactful with what I do. Because it's not about doing more, like really the impact. Mm -hmm. And one of my core values, not just for myself, but for my business is make shit happen. And um, another place they say, let's turn your purpose into impact. But it's really like, you know, I, I want to make shit happen, but I want to make impactful shit happen. And um, if, it's, if it doesn't benefit our communities, if it doesn't benefit my growth, knowing the impact that it will have in the systems around me, then it's probably not something that I should be spending most of my time doing. But a lot of that, like I'm there because of a lot of therapy, there was no, I didn't wake up. I didn't wake up like this. I it's, it's, you know, it's doing weekly and biweekly therapy and having a, a building intentionally building my success team and um, journaling and, and growing and yoga and um failing a lot and then being like that was that was not that was not rest today but tomorrow we'll do it we'll try again love everything that you're doing and your business is growing so if you can share with us what goals do you have for unstoppable latina Ooh, oh my god so many um <laughs> i think of all the goals that i have for me, the most important one for this year is to not just trust my knowledge, but to trust my intuition. And that's a difficult goal. <laughs> you know, revenue goal. Such a Pisces response to intuition. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, like, yes, I have revenue goals. Yes, I have client and project goals. And, but those are great. But how I achieve those like the values that I prioritize to achieve them are as important to me as the goals themselves. And, and my, my vision for this year and my intention for this year is show yourself what's possible. And that's something that I talk about with my, with all my clients when I'm working with them. And, but, but for me, what I want to achieve is that I'm, I'm in a space, right? Because I'm in the CEO, the, Unstoppable CEO of Unstoppable Latina is to be able to not just trust my knowledge, but also my intuition. And that means that I am I trusting my superpoderes and that I have what I need today, not tomorrow, in a month, after another certification, right? Like I have what I what it takes today to be able to create transformation for my clients. And then that I, I have the, the internal mindset and knowledge to trust my intuition to tell me when, the, when an opportunity is right for me and when it isn't. And I can go, I usually go either or. So that, that is what I want to achieve for Unstoppable Latina for me as the CEO. But for, for my business in itself, I've always seen Unstoppable Latina as a movement and whether I work with someone for a day or I work with someone for a client for a year is that impact that when as mujeres when as women of color when as, as, as you know or at the intersection like as folks of color when we understand find and harness our superpoderes and then we share them with the world, there we create lasting impact that disrupts systemic oppression. And to me, that's that's what Unstoppable Latina is about. The way that we do it is through business strategy and marketing. But what I the, the movement is looking for with more Latinas to feel empowered to work on the things that they want to work on with the people that they want to work on and make a shit ton of dinero so they can become active participants of their local economies. Because right now, the active participants are usually people that don't look like us, don't represent us, 
or don't even care about our communities. So that we have not just the knowledge, but, but the leadership to be able to be active participant of our local economies, that we can make decisions because we will make and research also shows that Hispanic and Latinx businesses provide better benefits, better salaries, and are activate their communities, right? So that when we, that's why seeing yourself as a CEO is so important to me. Doesn't, doesn't matter uh, from consultant, freelancer to having staff, because then you're an active participant, not just in your communities, but the economic development of our gente. And when we talk about bias for us, that is part of it. So that's, you know, if I can play a 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. 0.1 percent, like a teeny, 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 tiny um, percent of that, um, I, I, it's a life worth living for me. Oh my gosh. Well, I love, I feel like you are absolutely living in your purpose and helping other Latinas live in their purpose and be the best Latina CEO. I love what you're doing. Um, before we end our conversation, I have just a quick few rapid fire questions for you to answer. Yes. <laughs> Something comes to mind. Feel free to expand if you want for any of them. So the first one is what is your favorite me time activity? Naps, napping. Napping, what I am, it's 32 degrees today, but the moment that it goes up to 45, there is an amaca, but it's outside of this door of my office that I take naps all the way until the first snow. <laughs> and cause I, I, I always thought that like rest was laziness. No, I am all about rest and sleep and naps and, and learning how that allows me to be more creative. So that's the best way that I take care of myself now is resting and naps. Nice. I love that. Great advice. Nap more. <laughs> okay, next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Hmm, the best piece of advice I've ever received. Tantos y tantos. I think it was when Bad Bunny said, Toma de bebecita, pero bebesota. No, but I, the first, the best piece of advice I've ever received was someone shared, a, a, a therapist shared a quote with me that said, I have it written down here. I have two quotes. And one of them is, What you seek is seeking you. And it's, um, it's by Rumi, and it, it's just, it's a reminder that um, that just because you feel like it's not coming, it, it means that someone's seeking you. You just have to you just have to make sure that they find you. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, and then next question. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? To remember that um you will fail, but if you're clear on your purpose, you can always reinvent yourself. <laughs> you will fall on your face. <laughs> you will, you will fail. <laughs> you will fail. But as long as you know what your purpose is, your why, and you are clear on the, your values, the what, what you do, what you offer, if it fails, you just go back to those and you will find another way to live your purpose. And you don't have to, um, my company when it started was Lead Media and now it's called Unstoppable Latina to honor my clients and honor myself. Hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hope we're writing all of the things down from this podcast. Okay, next question. What is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? This can be book, podcast, app, workshops, etc. Oh, the best resource? that has helped me in my journey has been, um, I will always go back to, you know, Minda Hart's The Memo, her book. Um, it, was, it was the first time I felt seen. 
that I knew so many women of color were going through this, but it was the first time that a book that someone named it called it out and gave actionable tools to be able to move forward. And I, I, I love Linda Hartz. One day she will be my friend. Um, <laughs> but, but um, it's one of those books. And then I have the audiobook too that I go back to, even though it's mostly for career um, women of color that I go back to as a reminder that my lived experience that a lot of the things that I might experience in a networking event or something like it's, it's gaslighting and that my emotions and the discrimination and all of that is existing and I'm not being no me lo estoy imaginando no estoy being dramatic they exist and that someone else was brave enough to put her story out with actionable tools and it's just a great reminder to be able to go back when I need to fill my cup and remind myself that no soy la única and there is another way uh, to survive it oh okay I love that I love that and last question, where can listeners connect with you online? Drop the social media handles, website, where can we find you? Yes, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at unstoppable underscore Latina. I share grants, tools, and resources to grow your business on your own terms. But I also share my story as an introverted Latina CEO with ADHD. <laughs> So you know that if I can do it, so can you. And then you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, which is my favorite platform and where I make sure I, I where I share the most of the content. Um, you can find me as Paulette Pinero, because there's no Amy. <laughs> Paulette Pinero. And Paulette Pinero on LinkedIn, I share tools and resources and stories and amplify a lot of great Latinas doing amazing work on LinkedIn. So at unstoppable underscore Latina or at Paulette Pinero. I don't go and look at me on, on Instagram at Paulette Pinero because all I do is share things about the housewives and Bravo. Yes, I love the housewives and Bravo. What are your favorites? Extra bonus question. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So Potomac. Yes. My Miami. Oh, yes. Jersey. Mm. But I'm also a Vanderpump Rules stan. My, yes! My friend and I have been taking notes that we decided we we're going to do a Vanderpump Rules podcast. And as toxic and horrible as it is, I love my Southern charm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just love good trash TV. <laughs> oh, I love it. It makes me happy. It's like napping and bravo it's just therapy right it's like no toxicness in my life but i love to watch the toxicness on the tv screen i love it i just look at it and and, and you know the sociologist in me number one but second i think it's like very liberating to see people that have a lot of wealth and still have similar struggles but secondly that they can be a hot mess and still be successful in other things, right? So it's like, um, yes, if they can do it and be a hot mess and still build successful businesses, I don't need to be this put together. <laughs> so yes, I do speaking engagements with jeans, my Converse and my lavender blazer. And, you know, take me as I am, porque esta gringa, you know, they, they're, they're making a lot of money still being a hot mess on national tv so i can be a tiny mess and be fine mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly it's as you meet more people you're like Yo, okay you don't have it together nobody has it together you know what no one has it together no one no one no one does and they might have it together in one part of their life but the other burners no mm -mm, mm -mm, it's not happening mm -hmm. i love that Nice. I love that we added that in there. <laughs>
That's awesome. Well, I will make sure to link all of your social media, website, uh, LinkedIn, and that's going to be another campaign we have to do. Add the Enye for LinkedIn. We have to do that. <laughs> yes. They has it on my profile, but URLs don't have an Enye or, um, or like even Instagram. I'm not like, like, I can't be like at Paulette Pinero. And I'm like, it's so easy. Like, I'll 164 hold function on your keyboard <laughs> like come on <laughs> it's easy um yes we need to do a campaign like a enya campaign mm-hmm. oh my gosh i love it i love it well thank you so much paulette for joining us on the work we have podcast i loved having you on here and thank you everyone for listening make sure you follow paulette on linkedin on instagram on tiktok the unstoppable Latina, you are her. She is you. Let's connect. Yes, please connect. I respond to my DMs, I promise. In two to three business days, because it doesn't change the policy there either. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope everybody enjoys. And until next time, bye. Bye. Visit workmija.com, that's W-E-R-K mija.com to pick up your new favorite Chingona Fuel Cafecito mug or our Bet on Yourself Mija and No Pares Mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx-inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.